think we can get in our own head too. I just know if I'm doing a longer run by myself, even if it's a trail, I kind of know. I sometimes second guess every turn I make, but if I have someone there with me, it's helpful. Um, but on the other hand, I do think it's important sometimes to go off on your own. Like, Hello, hello, and welcome to this week of the Behind the Sweat podcast. I'm Alex Weissner, your host, and that clip was from our guest today, Megan Flanagan. Megan is a Denver-based certified personal trainer, strength, running, and well-being coach. She's also the founder of Strong Runner Chicks. I met Megan through the local running community, and just her energy and her passion for the trails is contagious. I'm newer to trail running, so I reached out to Megan to have a conversation about just how we get out there. So that's what this conversation is all about today. If you enjoy this little episode, we'd love a rating and review at the end and share with a friend who might also be interested in getting out there on the trails. All right, here is my conversation with Megan Flanagan, all about your intro to trail running. How did you first get into trail running? What was your kind of introduction? Yeah, so I ran in college and have run almost all my life since I was like 10 and had only really run on road. It's funny, though, to look back and I mean, any excuse I could get to run on grass or to run through the woods, you know, I didn't really see it as trail running per se. I didn't even know that trail races were a thing when I was growing up, but I just loved cross country and I guess cross country sort of like your like really low key trail race. And so I really did best on those hilly courses and always knew that that was what I loved most about running in general, wasn't running around circles on a track, but it was being out on the trails. And so again, that was kind of like my early introduction in Texas or yeah, I guess Texas, Kentucky, Indiana were early places. And then I didn't actually do my first trail race until post-college. I moved to Utah for grad school and the trails were just like, you know, all around you, similar to Colorado. It was hard to sort of avoid the fact that if you're going out for a road run, you're going to hit a lot of, um, hills. And so I figured I might as well get into trail running because uh, it made road running a little bit more difficult and trails were just kind of a natural thing around you. And so I started with half marathons in trail, then went up to 25K. So I slowly sort of increased my time out there. And for a while too, I I remember I was really afraid to like go too far by myself. And so, you know, just slowly like kind of dipping my toes in the water and um, finally did my first 50K and ultra out in um, Oregon. And so I moved there two years later and yeah, then really found like a better sense of trail community and how powerful that could be. Lived there for two years and then now I'm in Colorado and trying to make the most of it here. So that's a little bit about how I got into it. So you've mentioned that you ran since you were 10 and that you ran in college and everything. How has that really transitioned to also becoming a run coach? Because now you're a run coach and you help others you know, get comfortable on the trails and the road and 
run more. Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, sometimes I think my experience could be intimidating to some that are just getting started later in life or even in their 20s, 30s, beyond. But um, I would say that I can still relate in a lot of ways because, like I said, I was pretty scared when I first got into trail running. I refused to walk. I I thought like you have to run. And so I didn't quite understand, like it was so humbling to me to have to walk uphill and um, learn how to navigate better and become more confident out there. Um, I remember wildlife, like my first encounters with cows and, you know, um, seeing a moose. And so just learning how to handle some of those situations. Um, and then also like gaining confidence through racing. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll never do an ultra, like no way. I mean, even a marathon sounded crazy uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, I've only really been into ultras for maybe three years now. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty fresh and new into it also. And I think um, even if, you know, I just know one more thing or have one more tip to share with someone, I hope that I can help inspire them and and help them get into trail running and feel more comfortable and confident and yeah, show them that you don't have to do, I mean, yeah, you don't have to do crazy long races. You don't have to run super fast. Um, trail running can be more about community and uh, building confidence in yourself and seeing what you're capable of. So I want to get into all that, but one thing I want to go back to to start with, it's fear on the trails. I feel like that is a huge thing that keeps a lot of runners from sometimes experience and getting out there on the trails mm -hmm. is that fear that they're going to run into a wild animal, that they're going to fall because it, you know, it is a little bit more hazardous than running on a smooth, flat road. So what is one of your tips to your athletes like when they're first getting out there? You mentioned walking the uphills. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge, yeah. Like you can't just like start running up a hill. For sure. I would say one, um, start with trails you're familiar with, um, especially if you're going solo. Like if it's your solo trail running, I would almost say start with a ditch or, a, you know, um, just like sort of a path. You might not consider it because we all think of trails differently, right? But you don't have to like go up a mountain for it to count as trail running. You can you know, or make it a loop. You can do an out and back. I started with a lot of out and backs because I was comfortable with it. I was familiar. Um, tell people where you're going. I, um, yeah, I would say I've been guilty of not doing that. And then you're like, oh no, what if I get stuck out here? So definitely tell someone where you're going, map it out beforehand. Um, I'm just now remembering and trying to learn how to use a compass because you can't always rely on technology, but there are some great apps out there. Um, I use Trail Run Project, and that's a little more advanced to sort of link up trails. I would also say that uh, All Trails is really great, and those will actually track you as you're going in a sense that you can look at the map and be like, oh yeah, this is where I got off track. I even find that using Strava like on my phone is helpful because I can kind of trace where I've been going and how to make a loop out of it or which direction to go next. So I would say all of that. Um, the other thing is I really didn't venture out and get over my fear until I, um, well, I would say got into racing and also had other people to run with because when you're running with other people, oftentimes they'll take you on trails that you may not have gone on yourself. Um, so 
you know, I remember just doing this in my last couple of weeks in Utah and sort of regretting the fact that I didn't venture out early on to do some really cool loops that were, say, 16, 18 miles, and I wouldn't have done them myself otherwise. Um, but those are some of the precautions I take, like always, you know, just trying to know the trail, know where you're going. But I think having the company of other people can really help you gain the confidence, whether it's in a race or, um, you know, just a really well-marked trail and going with other people, you know, for starters. I think that's huge. And I think that's definitely helped me. And especially with you and Margaret leading some amazing runs here in the front range is becoming more familiar with those trails. Because then I know like, one of the first runs I did with you was out at that, what we call the chicken wing loop up at <laughs> North Table. And I've gone back several times and run that one because I'm like, oh, I feel comfortable mm-hmm. coming here by myself now. I've done this with a group. Um, I haven't explored too much of North Table outside of that loop. But, you know, just knowing that, A, that's a well-trafficked area, I think getting out there and having that sense of community in those first couple runs, it's like, oh, okay. But also like teaching you, all right, a lot of everyone's, a lot of people are walking those uphills. Like there's, there's, you're not feeling as intimidated or like, am I doing this right? Exactly. (laughs) When you're in that. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we can get in our own head too. I just know if I'm doing a longer run by myself, even if it's a trail, I kind of know. I sometimes second guess every turn I make, but if I have someone there with me, it's helpful. Um, But on the other hand, I do think it's important sometimes to go off on your own, like you said, and maybe it's a trail you've been on before with others and you slowly kind of dip your toe into going by yourself just so you gain the confidence and the know-how. In case you're leading a friend who doesn't know where they're going, you know kind of where to turn and where to go. But yeah, like you said, it's a lot of that. Um, Starting with other people can be so helpful. Yeah. I mean, I also just think running with people is way more fun (laughs) than running solo. (laughs) That is me. Um, But I think that's, you know, it's all about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And no matter what, you know, running on trails can get super uncomfortable. You need, I think, the right gear and all of that makes such a difference because you can't just go out there mm-hmm. in the same shoes that you're running on the road in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point and a good segue if you want to dive into gear for trail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's check gear for a minute because I feel like that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. when you're, you know, a three-mile run on a trails is so different than a three-mile run around your neighborhood because once you're adding in elevation, like, it's going to take you longer. Yeah, like, just for sure. Climbing a mountain or climbing a hill takes longer than running on flat ground. But also just, like, trail running shoes, I feel like you need a good pair of trail running shoes because slipping on a rock oh, yeah. is not something you want to do. Especially out here in Colorado. I mean – I guess I would say if someone's listening and depending on where you live, there are some non-technical trails. Mm -hmm. I mean, even here, right, that you could start with if you feel like I don't want that to be too much of a barrier to entry if you feel like you have to buy new shoes. But absolutely, you're right. Like, I think if you're going to run technical and you're going to go into racing or just in general, it's great to have a trail pair of shoes. So that I would want to emphasize, too. Um, And those are made differently, you know, like they have more grip on the bottom. Sometimes they're more waterproof if you're going through rivers or like 
Alex said, over slippery rock. I even wear my trail running shoes sometimes in the snow, like to run on sidewalks, because I feel like it just has more grip. I mean, I also, you know, yeah, yak tracks, micro spikes, all that. But I'm right uh, there with you. I noticed that it makes a difference because the bottom of road shoes tend to be really um, slick, you know. So um, I would say that. But again, don't let that be the barrier to entry because I remember when I first got into trail running, probably for the first six months or so, I just wore road shoes. And then I finally got to the point where, okay, I'm running more technical. I'm going longer on the trail. Maybe I should invest in a pair of trail shoes that's more specific. So you can get started that way, definitely, like I said, on flatter um, trails and less slick and all that. Um, the other thing is packing water and fuel. And I think I was sort of resistant to do that at first also because I thought, well, gosh, I used to be able to run for you know, X number of miles, like I could do a half marathon out there without water or fuel for a long run um, on the roads in a given amount of time. But when you get out on trail, you're typically going to add a lot of time um, due to the elevation, due to the technicality and all of that. So I would say get yourself a, um, you could start with like a waist belt or a handheld bottle. I started with a handheld bottle and then I could put some gels in the pack as well or other like fuel sources. I even fit my phone in there, I think, but it was all in my hand, right? So then I wanted to go up and I said, okay, now I should probably invest in more of a um, backpack hydration vest. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, more of a hydration vest. You don't want a full backpack generally because um, that's too cumbersome, but a, a vest that fits you pretty well. I like ultimate direction. I know there's also Solomon has some great ones, Ultra Spire. But again, I started with one off Amazon. It was $20. And so don't let that be the barrier to entry. And then of course, now I have ultimate direction and I like that a lot. But I would just say start with something simple and go up from there. Um, so yeah, those are the two main things, I guess. I would say like hydration pack with bottles and thinking about fueling for gear. And then also, too, if you're going to be running over mountains that might have unpredictable weather or even running in the Pacific Northwest, I needed to bring um, some sort of waterproof uh, vest. You might want to consider a hat, sunglasses, all of that. I don't think that varies too much from the road generally, but just having those in your pack is helpful. Uh, maybe bringing a little compass, um, like a whistle, so kind of like that emergency whistle. Just things that you might want to be prepared for, um, worst case scenario. I don't know if you'd add anything, Alex. I, so this is something that I heard that, I don't know, I have a really probably irrational fear of bears and mountain lions, like trail yeah. running. Um, and that like adding in like a bear bell. So that just mm, making... Yeah people and things around you aware that you're there. Um, I know people put them on their dogs a lot for trail running um, and hiking. Um, so like that, but I mean, I, like you said, I, when I started trail running, I didn't know I was trail running. <laughs> I was just like running a hiking trail and it's like, I'm going to go run here. And in my road shoes, and I was doing this in Arizona and then I've, since run that same trail several times like in trail shoes and just like how much less you slip I feel like is the biggest takeaway yeah. there but also trail shoes are great in snow and ice <laughs> like mm -hmm. oh underrated my. yeah they really are 
Well, and I feel like it's one of those things, especially if you live in an urban environment and you're using trail shoes in the snow and ice, there's some areas that are like very well maintained and plowed. And then there's other, like my neighborhood does not get plowed. But then once I get to like Sloan's Lake or any of the other lakes in the Berkeley neighborhood, those tra- those paths are plowed. So mm-hmm. changing between like a yak track or spikes is just so much easier than it's just like you have those trail shoes instead of looking like, all right, well, do I take my yak tracks off? Like, do I run in the, on the side because I have spikes on? Cause I don't want to run on spikes on concrete. Yeah. There go your spikes. All these considerations, right? I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I've sometimes when I carry micro spikes, I feel like I have them on and off four or five times, Mm -hmm. which is a little frustrating, but Yeah. um, Yeah. You just do what you can to try and keep those. So I think one thing really about trail running that always gets me, and I I think this is just like hiking and being outside in general, is sometimes when you are going up, like we do it for the views sometimes. Like Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's all just about those views. And you're like, you get to the top Mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, look at this. This is where I live. This is where I'm traveling. And look at how far I came and just building that confidence. What do you think are some of the key things that you have learned about yourself running the trails? Ooh, things I've learned about myself. That's a good one. Um, well, I would say, you know, this is kind of a funny sentiment, but I was just talking to um, a friend I was running with and he said he he feels like there's two types of runners, those that are like more of the head runners and those that are run with more of heart. And he, you know, we're all biased. I think if we're like saying, Oh yeah, heart is trail running. But what he meant by that. And he explained it was that um, there's runners. We get so in our head sometimes, I think not to classify people as one or the other, but sometimes we're running with our head and we're trying to be so regimented and hit certain times. And that's just never been me. I feel like that's been kind of toxic to me. If I start to focus way too much on um, a set time goal or trying to hit certain splits and compare myself to myself, you know, three years ago, five years ago, um, when I was, you know, more competitive, but I, I would say, um, the heart, you know, running with heart. So I guess that's what trail running's taught me is to sort of leave my ego at the door and, um, or at the trailhead and um, be able to disconnect uh, from my expectations for a certain outcome and just kind of focus on enjoying the process and seeing the beautiful views, being more present, I'd say has also been a result of that. Um, yeah, because you can't always predict, like I said, if you're on a 10 mile route, it's going to vary tremendously from what you're used to on the sidewalk or the street or um, that typical kind of thing. So yeah, just being humble and kind of knowing that you can't always have high expectations or, or sort of to be flexible and adaptable. Um, I would say that's just been a reminder through trail running for me too. So those are a couple of the things. Yeah. And I think just like self, like I said, self-trust and trusting yourself out there and knowing that you can get your way out of a situation. Again, I've had so many times where I feel like I'm constantly looking down at my phone, wondering if I'm going the right way. And just to know like, Hey, if my phone died right now, I like I would be able to get my way back and sort of trusting that intuition to find your way um, 
through whatever trail you're going on. So those are good questions. Well, I, I love those responses. Those are amazing. And I love that like running with heart because I feel like it is one of those things when you are running on the trail, it's like, A, sometimes there are places where your cell phone does not work and you're like, okay, well, it's just me out here. Uh, which way do we go? Um, I will say I think we're lucky in Colorado and everywhere I've kind of experienced in the West, there are some really great marked trails. So you never really feel like you're lost in the middle of the woods. Um, which I yeah, I will say ever it's actually funny. Just a side note on that. I went to Texas to visit my family I just find it funny because you come from Colorado and you're like, I am like altitude trained and I'm out there. Like the humidity is super high. It's just like, again, a reminder not to let your ego get to you. I found that harder, the humidity levels and the fact that, like you said, trails were not marked there. So they're not marked everywhere and they were very unmarked and like overgrown and there were leaves everywhere. And it just, for me, that was when I talk about kind of stopping and checking my phone all the time, that was an instance where I was like, am I going the right way? And again, that was Texas and just coming, like, I, I guess just a reminder to anyone, wherever you live, like never be um, too confident going into a run somewhere else. If you come from altitude to sea level, it may still be challenging for you in other ways. And just know that, yeah, there's always kind of a, again, trail running is trying to teach us something, right? So. Oh my God, heat is a whole nother topic and we can go off on a total tangent about that. Um, You could have a podcast on that. Yeah, I'm like, I am not very good at running in the heat. Yeah, no, same. Uh, I'm like, that is a whole nother thing for us to go down later on. Um, What was I going to say? I feel like, like finding a good marked trail can be hard. And trusting yourself out there is hard. I mean, I know there's times where I'm like, I haven't seen anyone in what feels like an hour. It's probably like three minutes. And I'm like, I'm out here by myself. Like, what's uh-huh. going to happen? But um, I totally lost my train of thought. But <laughs> we'll come back to Just whatever I was there. thinking yeah. of yeah. going down there. Um, so as people are really starting looking at if you like recommendations for what to look for in a trail, are there certain things like looking at elevation, um, distance, what are kind of your recommendations on that? Yeah. So, um, I guess, so yeah, that's, that's a lot. Let's see, like starting, starting small, like I said, dipping your toes in the water. So whatever you're used to for elevation, um, you know, like aiming for that. I don't even want to get too much into grade because I feel like when people first started talking to me about 5%, 10%, 15% grade, I mean, I would say if you don't, if you don't know what those are, because I sure didn't at first, I'm like, what, what, what are you talking in? Um, I would get on a treadmill and, you know, put it up to 5%, put it up to 10, 15, if you can, some treadmills go up to 20 or 30%. So just knowing what those grades feel like, just in case that is, um, part of, I think it's trail run project has the grade level at certain distances, or maybe it's all trails, but, um, that's kind of helpful to know just like, okay, if it's past this grade, I'm going to typically walk or hike. So you kind of know what you're going in for there. Um, the other thing is 
I guess starting below a thousand feet for sure elevation gain, but it's going to depend on feet per mile. So that can be sort of a math equation where, you know, maybe the first trail run you climb 500 feet um, in five miles and that's 100 feet per mile. Maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's 250 feet and that's 50 feet per mile. So just kind of figuring out the conversion and how many feet are you climbing per mile? That's essentially what I'd kind of start with and um, get like a baseline of what you've been doing for your first few trail runs and then kind of go up from there. And then also knowing that, yeah, you don't have to go a crazy amount of elevation feet per mile. Um, I have some races this summer that really aren't that crazy in terms of climbing like the feet per mile. So I'm sort of matching up my long runs to those. So again, if it's like 200 feet per mile, then I'm trying to run, what is that? Yeah, I'm not even gonna try to do the calculations on here, but again, feet per mile is sort of where I go. There are some good online, I know Trail Runner Mag has a good article on this um, by David Roche that talks about different feet per mile and how he sort of grades those as like beginner, intermediate, advanced. So I would look into those to start. But like I said, if you're going less than a thousand feet per mile, for well that could be a lot even like i said that anemone loop in boulder is a thousand feet and it's like three miles which is a lot that's like 300 something feet per mile so um, if you like to nerd out about this stuff if you do like the numbers here's where the numbers come into play for trail running i would say is sort of figuring out your elevation gain and and then technicality like i said too um some of that's just going to come through doing the trail. A lot of trails I've looked up before don't say a lot about it, but if you can see pictures of what the actual ground looks like, you can typically tell, are there big boulders you're going over? Are there rocks? Is this a trail you can take your dog on? Is it relatively, uh, yeah, easy to go on? Or like I said, are there a lot of rocks or slickness? And so all of those can factor into play. Because I feel like technicality is one of those things that it can change your perspective out there. All of a sudden you're like out there and you're like, this is not what yeah. I signed up for. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. that, like, I feel like that really intimidates people from trying or thinking of wanting to get back out there that first time they get out there and they just mm. get something that is so technical. And then they're like, nope, yeah. never again. That's what they I'd associate with trail trails. Beginner actually is one of those. And you can, you can segment the routes you're looking up by feet per mile. So pick a beginner route and pick something that's relatively, typically the beginner routes are going to be a little less technical and more flat. Yeah, yeah I've had that experience. I don't know if you've done Nightbird Gulch or Nightbird Gulch, I think it is, Mount Galbraith in um, mm -mm. Golden. That is very technical and it was shocking. And I tried to bring my dog on it and I was like, this is a nightmare trying to go downhill with him on a leash. And it's like just boulders the whole time and rocks. So, hey, if you want some technical, I'll go on that. But it's it's not super long. It's just that some of those experiences, like I said, have kind of surprised me because most of the trails in Golden aren't all that technical, but that one definitely is. Yeah. No, I mean, Golden's like, well, I feel like in Golden, I'm like, oh, let me hit North Table. Let me hit South Table. Let me <laughs> go up into what is it um golden can't was not gold, golden canyon golden state park golden, golden gate, gate state, state park. park yeah 
which is really pretty <laughs> in the fall to run through those leaves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no technicality. I feel like that, yeah. like you said, as you've gotten more, cause you've done, a, done some of these longer distance trail runs that I feel like in some of those longer distance ones, you really start to see some of that technical grade mm-hmm. change. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we look at like here, Leadville and some of these other 14ers that people are training on for races like mm-hmm. Leadville. And it's just, it blows your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 14ers are also really humbling too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been an experience. I don't think I've run a straight 14er. When someone says they ran a 14er, I'm like, but did you really? I guess some people do, but I find running down for part of it is fun. Not so much up. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I've definitely seen people, our friend Margaret included, when I was hiking Mount Albert last year, I was coming down and she was going up with one of her athletes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. They were running. We were hiking. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, I, would, oh my. I had another comment on that too. Kind of know what you're, um, what you're good at, what you like. Some people like more rolling courses and also know what you're yeah. training for, right? Do you train for a rolling course or is it maybe like up and down a mountain or is it a few peaks? because I was also very humbled running with friends and they know who they are in Portland. And I was really good at rolling terrain. I had just trained on rolling hills, but some of the courses that they chose for our long runs were like just straight up a hill for three miles. And my Achilles were screaming at me. So I would also just be conscious of that, like with injury prevention and such of knowing, okay, how much, Again, yeah, what is the percent grade? Am I going to be hiking this, running this? And then what type of, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but I would look at like a map of how the course is going to be, even if it's like just for a training run and how that looks on the map. Or if you know North Table, for instance, as an example, right, there's that giant hill and it's like, know if you want to go up that or down that because it can make a big difference because <laughs> the rest of it is nice and rolly, but that big yeah. hill is... Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. Uh, was it on the west side entrance? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Good power hiking like, hill, but great yeah. power, like great warm up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like now. I'm just envisioning the last time I was up there was snowing and walking up that oh, hill. Yeah. Yeah. But some one of those, thing I want. Anyway. Oh. Go oh, I was like, a lot of no, those are above 10% grade. To me, that's like, okay, we're going to power hike. So, okay, off of that. But for anyone in Golden, you know what we're talking about. Or that runs North Table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing you hit on was kind of talking about recovery. Do you notice a difference in recovery from road to recover, like to recovery on trail that – you know, your glutes, your calves, your Achilles are more activated on the trail. So are you changing how you recover post-run at all? I'm just curious. Yeah, a little bit. I think that's something it seems like you've really mastered is recovery. Um, I would say different people are affected differently. Of course, we're all individuals. But for me, I noticed 
the repetitive nature, like that, you know, constant and running is repetitive in general, right? But like trails kind of break that up for me. And I've noticed that I tend to recover more quickly from trail generally, I will say generally, um, because I'll notice I'm sore, like you said, in different areas like Achilles, calves, actual muscles, because I feel like that's a little more strength based um, versus like these aches and pains and niggles you get from running, um, you know, a road marathon. I just... I feel differently. I've actually told people before, talked to a friend about it and said, you know, honestly, I feel like I recover more quickly from like an ultra or 50 K on the trail than I do a road marathon. I feel like the road marathon, I just am hobbling. My quads are just, you know, destroyed um, or, you know, hip flexors or certain little muscle groups like those. And then for trail, I've used all different muscle groups. I've used glutes, hamstrings, you know, your legs in so many different forms and fashion. And um, some trail runners even get kind of sore in their upper back or lower back just from carrying, you know, a little bit of a pack on you. So getting used to that, I think, is important as well. Oh, and that is a great segue into talking about your arms and trail running. Because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> on the road, we all know you use your arms and, you, you know, you'll go faster where like going up a trail, you need to use your arms. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. I feel like that's just- important too. I've always been someone that feels strong in my upper body. So I don't know that I really felt the effects of two sore arms, but I get it. I yeah, there have been times where my arms will get a little sore. Like I said, my back too. Um, and I hear that all the time. So like doing some upper body strength could really be helpful for that. Well, I feel like that's a, just a general thing in general for any type of runner is sometimes we often neglect that upper, upper body and we get so focused on the lower body and you don't realize how much of your upper body, like running is a full body sport. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. I would say you get a lot of that too. All right. So we're going to start to wrap it up and I have a few more little questions for you. Someone, they've been running for a while. They've thought about the road. They've thought about the trail. How often, like, what is the first thing that you would try to sell them on about reasons to run the trail? Oh, well, if we didn't already, I feel like, Hopefully we didn't scare them away. Um, I would say trails are, like you said, um, a great sense of community. First and foremost, I just love the trail community. I think it's pretty welcoming. Um, It's a fun experience. I'd also say you can do routes more quickly. So what you used to hike, you can go a little more quickly on, whether it's uphill, downhill, both. Um, Like we said, you could do a 14er. You could just do a backyard route that typically takes you a few hours to hike and maybe you could do it in an hour or less just depending on kind of that differential with running. So I like it because it allows me to see more, get more views in a single day than I would have if I was just hiking. And then what else? It's really rewarding. I mean, yeah, like we said, it builds confidence. And I think there's always like just it's it's kind of exciting to me because it's like no course is the same in that sense that if you sign up for trail race a versus trail race b it's going to be a whole lot different typically than what you see for one sort of road half to the next or one road 5k to the next so again nothing bashing road running i think it's great too but trails generally have more kind of 
I don't know if diversity is the right word in this instance, but like variety, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more diversity in trail, I'll say that. But I think we have, yeah, there's more variety to it as well. And there's a lot, a lot of things I want to touch on that we just said. One thing I love that you said was places you used to hike, you can go and trail run. And I think that's a great way, like just start hiking if you want to do more trails. But then also I feel like running trails as an athlete and as a coach, like helps the road because you do kind of, I feel like you are working different muscles as you're doing that same activity. So when you do hit the road, you're stronger than you were before. Mm-hmm. It's like added strength training. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great. No, I, I love all, love all of that. Mm-hmm. All right, Megan. So where can people follow along on your adventures? Where can people meet up with the community that you're building within the front range of Colorado? Um, and tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So they can follow along with me on Instagram at meganspire, all one word, and then at strong run chicks, which stands for strong runner chicks. And that's a women's running community I've built and grown. And it's sort of evolved as I have. I built it back in, or created it in college. And now we're sort of more focused, I'd say, a little more so on trails or post-collegiate running, um, as well as like ways we can give back to to running in general. And I want that to be more of a focus. So um, we have a podcast, Strong Runner Chick Radio. Um, follow along there. I will say we're about to hit episode 200. And I don't know how much longer we may take a little hiatus. We've been around for like, we've had the podcast now for probably four or five years. So I think at this point, it's just how can we continue to either keep it or, or sort of like have it there as a resource. Um, and then we do we do some meetups in the Front Range too. Um, and we partner with Margaret Spring and her community as well. And of course, Alex is there often. And so it's a really fun time and I encourage you to come check it out. And we typically do a first Friday of the month run. So I'm planning that this Friday and I actually need to announce that. So maybe, maybe North Table, Alex, or we might try somewhere new, we'll see. But yeah, first Friday run. So I look out be, for that too. It's what oh, that'll be this be Friday. I won't be here. I won't be back Friday yet. First. No. I'll, I'll kick off a new month. I'll run in spirit with you guys somewhere. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, feel free to reach out if you have questions. So I'm an open book. So yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed this conversation, we would love for you to leave a rating and review and share with a friend and make sure to check us out on instagram at behind the sweat pod and have a great day bye